Sometimes you go down, sometimes you stay up. Amen. It's like the stock market around here. Amen. Acts chapter number 2. Acts chapter number 2. We're going to begin in verse number 1. The last two weeks, we were focusing on the subject of worship. Uh, Two weeks ago, we talked about the worship of the sovereign. The worship of the one on the throne. In Revelation chapter number 4, and man did us. We have a service that day. Well, the next Sunday, we talked about the worship of the Son, the worship of the Savior. That's Revelation chapter number 5. The Lamb, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seals thereof. Amen. I could just about preach that one again. Amen. Thank God for the Lamb that was slain to take away the sins of the world. But we worshiped and we, we studied worship. And it's very important that God's people worship Him. If you do not put Him priority in your life, if you do not worship Him, you will worship something else. You've got to put it there. What is the, the, there's a country song, if you don't stand for something, you're going to what? You'll fall for anything. The same principle goes here. You're going to worship something. You are a created being created to worship. And if you do not worship the Creator, you will worship the creation. And we know how important it is for us to affirm and confirm our love to God and worship Him. A disciple is one who worships. Amen. Well, today, we're in a transition message. We're going to go from worship uh, to a work in progress. We're going to talk about, number one, the worship and praise. But then we're going to finish up with a work in progress. You say, why do you want to do that? Because you need to know that as far as your church life, as far as your Christian walk... This is not all there is to it. If the extent of your Christian walk is coming in here and enjoying this atmosphere, you're an anemic Christian. And you are not going to be beneficial to the kingdom of God and doing and building what God said He was going to build. If the salt has lost its savor, it is good for nothing. What does that mean if we're not affecting those around us? If we're not affecting those in our neighborhood? If we're not affecting those that we work with? If we are not making a difference in their life, God says that we're good for nothing. He cannot not... Now, now let, me, let, me, let, me, let me correct that. We use the word good for... Oh, you're just good for nothing. What God is saying is, I, I, I am not able to use you. That's what that means, all right? Now, in this particular chapter, we're going from worship to work. In other words, we're taking this home with us. That is the most important missing link in Christianity today. We wonder why we raise kids in church and they go crazy. Because we don't take this home with us. Say amen. It says in verse 1, Acts 2 verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, They were all with one accord in one place. That's a good place to be. That's together. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Didn't feel it, they heard it. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. G. Campbell Morgan said this, Your tongue can be set on fire from heaven or hell. We know in the book of James, you said you got to watch that tongue. you got to watch it. Listen, I want, I want my mouth being directed from heaven. Amen? The Bible says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost 
And they begin to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. I know I'm in a Baptist church. I'm in a Baptist church and I'm reading the King James Bible. Don't let that terminology scare you. The Bible says, And they were dwelling at Jerusalem, Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded. Now here's this, what's going to shake a lot of charismatics all two pieces. The Bible says, because that every man heard them speak in his. That was right Bible tongue. The gibberish you see on TV is nothing but hogwash. I like it. Well, I'm just telling you. Real Bible tongues is a miracle from heaven where different nationalities, 17 different nationalities, heard one group of people speaking, but they all understood in his own... That's biblical tongue. Now, when that took place, son, a crowd gathered. A crowd came together. Son, they had to see what was going on. Man, what in the world's happening there? And I believe this is at the temple. I don't believe this was in any upper room. I believe because according to the, uh, the, the end of the book of Luke, you'll find out Luke and Acts are wrote to the same person, and it's just a continuation of the book of Luke. The Bible says they were continually in the temple praising and worshiping God. I believe they were in the temple at this particular time, and this crowd begins to gather. Don't you turn a Baptist preacher loose in no crowd. Say amen. Because the first thing he's going to do is start preaching. Well, that's exactly what happens. They come and they see these people worshiping. They see these people praising God. The Bible says they hear in their own tongue the wonderful works of God in verse 11. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said unto them, Ye men of Judah and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. That's Alabama. Forget your Bible. Say amen. Then he goes to preaching. He preaches on Jesus. He preaches on salvation. He preaches on the crucifixion. He preaches on conversion. He preaches, I'm talking about, he is laying it down. Well, all of a sudden, these people, the Bible says, were pricked in their heart. And they said, men, what must we do in the next page? It says, ye must repent. It's the same message John had. The same message Jesus had. Peter stands up with the same words, repent, repent, repent. Well, that's what churches need today. Repent, he says. And then verse 41, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and breaking of bread and in prayers and fear came upon every soul. Many wonders and signs were done by the apostles and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods, and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they continuing, there's two words there, there's two words you learned in in Sunday school this morning about word studies, there's two words that we see, they continued, and now continuing, same thing, continuing daily with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart. What were they doing? What were they doing, church? praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church such as should be saved. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. Thank you for all that you've done for us. Lord, everything today, every song sung today, from the first to last, is talking about going to heaven. And Lord, I can't wait to be there. 
But Lord, I know my time is not yet. Lord, I'm waiting on your time. But Lord, while I'm waiting, Lord, let me have a little bit of heaven on earth till I get there. I know that I can have joy unspeakable and full of glory. And now, Lord, I pray that you'll bless us today. Bless what's going on. Bless what we're trying to do. God, help us to be sensitive to your word in every step, in every direction. God, thank you for the music. Thank you for the choir. Thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Uh, for outline's sake, for outline's sake, I want to I wanna give you a couple points and subs, and then I want to I focus in on number three. Uh, I was going to just do a running commentary, but I run into some obstacles. Amen. I run into some more points. Amen. Well, in this chapter, this is an exciting chapter. Man, it's an exciting chapter. Jesus leaves. Jesus, uh, 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 he, he died three days, got up, was resurrected, walked upon this earth uh, for 40 days and, and revealed himself. And, and right before he leaves, right before he leaves, he tells them, he said, listen, I want you to go back to Jerusalem in, in, the, in the last chapter of the book of Luke, go back to Jerusalem until ye be endued with power. Until ye be endued with power. Now, the reason he said that is because the job he gave us to do, we can't do it on our own. The, 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 the calling, the commission that we have, we cannot do it in our own ability. We cannot do it with our own talent. So he said, you go wait in Jerusalem till I, I endue you with power. I'm going to send the comfort. I'm going to send the Holy Ghost. Well, in Acts chapter 1, we find out they was getting a little impatient. They, we find out they was wanting to know, hey, 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 are you going to set up your kingdom now? Are, are, are we going to rule and reign now? Is this, is this the deal? When is that going to be? When's the end time? You know, I, I'm afraid there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with studying prophecy. But I believe there's way too many people focused on prophecy and not focused on the present. He said, listen, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which God has put in His own time. Listen, don't worry about that. He said, but ye shall, Acts 1.8, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm waiting on the Lord to come, but I'm not waiting sitting on my backside. I've got to be busy till He gets here. Well, in that verse, as we keep reading, we get into chapter 2. Well, in chapter 2, they're waiting. They're being obedient. They're doing what God said to do. They're here. They're worshiping. If you study the end of Luke, you'll find out they were continually in the temple worshiping and praising God. Listen, praying and waiting on that power, doing what God said to do. And on the day of Pentecost, I wish I had time to go into the feast in the Old Testament that builds up to this point where you could see the life of Christ through the Old Testament feasts and the, and the festivals that they had there and what each one represented. Well, the, the Pentecost was here. They're praying. Then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God came upon them. He said, but ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Uh, the word power there is the word dunamis. It's the word we get our word dynamite and dynamic and dynamo from. I'm glad there's some dynamite in that gospel. Amen? Well, he said after you receive power, listen, they begin to praise God. They begin to thank God. They begin to give God glory and speak of the wonderful works of God. Well, in the process of that happening, God removed the curse of Babel. What, did, what happened at Babel? What happened at the Tower of Babel? God cursed man. Everybody's beginning to speak different languages and they begin to be divided. And you have the Chinese language and the Spanish language and the Russian language and the... And the and are y'all with me? Say amen. Y'all awake today? 
Listen, in all these different languages, well, at that point, God removed the curse of Babel. God removed the curse of Babylon. Now, all of a sudden, everybody is hearing the same thing. And what is that? The wonderful praises of God. The wonderful works of God. So the first thing we see in this chapter are the worship in praise. The worship in praise. When you come here, when you come to this place, you don't need to sit like a knot on a log. You don't need to sit here as a spectator. You don't need to sit here as an observer, observing what's going on. God has been good to you. God has made you. God has saved you. God has changed you. He's made you a home in heaven. And when you get to this place, you ought to be some kind of thankful for it. And praise Him. God's been good. Man, I got up this morning. I wasn't in a coma. I wasn't in traction. I wasn't in the hospital. I wasn't where a lot of people are. I wasn't in jail. I wasn't in the grave. Man, God's been good to me. And I need to praise Him. I'm going to heaven. Don't threaten me with death. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I've got a place waiting on me. God's been good to me. We see their worship and praise. You see, the problem is, the problem is most places... And we need a little more of that today. I don't, I don't feel it today like I did last week, but, but we need that anointed presence. Amen. Because you can't worship till He shows up. The Bible says that the Holy Spirit came upon them. Now, here's the deal. Can we affect that? You got that right. Where does God go? Where the light is. God is, listen, light. Say that with me. God is, and in Him is no darkness at all. If we walk in darkness and say we have fellowship with Him, we lie and do not the truth. You know what that means, Bo? If we want to, now, now I feel it. Now I'm telling you, I feel it. We need to get this. If we want to get the best out of Sunday, we got to act like somebody on Monday. Now, I, I, didn't, I didn't come to preach this part. I came to preach number three, but for some reason, God wants me to talk about this right now. You can't come sing Amazing Grace on Sunday and focus on Merle Haggard on Monday. I mean, you can't sing all week long, your cheating heart, and then come back and sing, oh, I'll fly away. Why do we fill ourselves up with the world all week long and then want to come and expect God to just shower His blessings on us? We can't live worldly, and then feel the heavenly. They don't go together. We cannot grieve the Holy Ghost. Now, I'm preaching to me. I'm preaching to me. I, 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 did I say I'm preaching? I'm preaching to me. Amen? I know this. God is showing me. Look, listen, we, and, 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 and I'm not saying everybody was bad this week. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying this. It needs to be a seven-day-a-week thing. The Bible says Daily. The Lord added to the church daily. They edified daily. They magnified daily. They multiplied daily. They did everything daily. This was not just a one day a week thing. Listen, your religion needs to be seven days a week. And that presence will come. I want the presence in here. And I don't have to describe that to you. You know when it is. You know when it's right and when it ain't. You know when the Spirit's moving and when you feel it and it just happens and you don't have to force nothing, prime nothing. It just flows. You know what I think? I think God will 
withdraw a portion of that spirit to a point, or the or the effect of it, so we will look for it. So we'll appreciate it. Listen, the worship and praise came when there was an anointed presence. What's that mean? Before you walk in the building every Sunday, you need to say, "Lord, show up today." Show up today. Brother Kenneth, the Bible says, God inhabiteth the praises of his people. You know what we do, though? Come on! We're going to be late. Get in the car. I've been... Yeah, me too. Where's my brush? Where's my comb? Where's my hair? We'll run over three dogs and two chickens. Pull in the parking lot and jump out. <laughs> oh, Lord, help me. We got some folks out here this. And then we got some folks out here. That Y'all know what I'm talking about. Everybody goes home, so just take the halo off. What if we come to church ready? Man, I wanted to get on number three, but God wants me to stay right here. Let's learn, let's learn that after midnight on Saturday, we're not going to let anything, anything distract us from meeting with him. Now, I'm not saying live like the devil to midnight. That's not what I'm saying. I seen somebody out there. I can do that. Amen. I can. Bless God. I can do that. Now, wait a minute. Bless God. Twelve hours. I can handle that. Amen. I'm saying this. Leave the TV off. If there's something that distracts you from focusing on Him, isn't that what we're supposed to do on Sunday? What caused what caused the great worship service in Revelation 4 and 5? Because their focus was on nothing else but the Lamb. They wasn't thinking about bills. They wasn't thinking about nothing but Him. He stood up. Man, they were in all of His presence. Well, you say, but that's up, that's up there. We can have it down here. When he shows up. Listen, nothing happened. Everything was typical. Everything in that worship service was ordinary till he showed up. And Brother Kenneth, when he showed up, when that anointed presence, that is what most worship services are missing today. That anointed presence. It says they, they, they heard that sound of a rushing mighty wind. And we know the word spirit means breath, air. is in connection with that. And, and, and we know that that flame was an outward representation, an outward display of what God was doing on the inside. Now, I'm a... I'm an arsonist at heart. And 
I mean, in another life, I was an arsonist. I was. I reincarnated a preacher. I don't know how that happened, but uh, I don't believe none of that stuff. I'm not. I, I'm just kidding. I'm just. But I do. I love. I like starting fires. I like watching fires. I just like fires, man. I just. And you know what happens when you get fire, and wind. Don't ask me how I know that. Say amen. Oh. But when wind and fire get together, it's a roaring blaze. Brother Kendrick, you know what happened on the day of Pentecost? God started a roaring blaze. It started when he showed up. Why are you saying all that? Because you need to understand this. We're not just coming to meet with one another. We're not just coming, listen, to have a social event. We can do that at the Cracker Barrel. We're coming in hopes of Him showing up. And if we are right, I'm not saying we have to be perfect. I'm not saying that because God knows how many times I've come in here undeserved and God just blew through the place. I'm not saying that. But if we come looking for Him, it is not an it, it is a Him. It is the person of the Holy Ghost. And when we say, God, show up, when you start bragging on Him from the time you pull out of your driveway to the time you pull in this driveway, son, it will change everything. God will go where He is wanted. Now let me let me give a little commercial for those that was in that mode this morning before you got here. I don't know who you are. I'm not. I, nobody told me nothing, so I don't want nobody getting mad at your spouses when you you told on me. I, nobody said nothing. I know where I have been before. I know where I've been leaving the house and having to call back before she got here so I get ready to preach. Amen. I'm sorry for being stupid. I'm sorry. It was just. I know how that is. But let me ask you this: Don't you know the devil knows that? When do you think the devil's going to bother you? As soon as you wake up on Sunday morning. He's going to remind you of all the things you forgot. He's going to remind you of everything your spouse done. I mean, the devil is historical. And then you get hysterical. And then God can't move. But if we know it, when that thing happens on Sunday, hey, say, baby, baby, it's just the devil. Hey, let's pray about this thing. Just don't worry about it. There ain't nothing that happens on Sunday that we can't fix on Monday. This is the Lord's day. It's the Lord's day. This is the day the Lord hath made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will kick the devil in the teeth. Don't you get, get thee behind me, Satan. Son, I'm coming to worship. My Lord has been good to me. He has done too much for me for me to be pouting on today. I'm going to worship, and I'm going to praise him today. Give him praise. Give him praise. Listen. The worship and praise it started with an anointing presence and then B there was an attracting power the Bible said when he showed up he showed out and that power that they were waiting on that dunamis that, that, that ability that, that in, inside thing that God put in them it started attracting people you know what will attract people to this place when it's noised abroad that Jesus is in the house Mark chapter number 2. I don't have to, I'm not going to swallow no goldfish. Say amen. I've seen that and I'm not against it. But I'm not for it either. Amen. 
Now, I've seen it, and that's cool. Youth directors and pastors shaving their head and swatting. That's all right. Ain't nothing wrong with that kind of stuff. But I ain't doing it. I don't have to. All I've got to do is beg Jesus to show up, and when Jesus shows up, He's going to show out, and I'm telling you, they will come. Now, and I don't want nobody to leave here. I've got youth people in here, and they're going to kill me. Because, oh, we've done it. I'm not, nothing's against that. All I'm saying is if we start substituting things, if we start substituting these gimmicks and, and all these props, listen, it's not going to change anything. Why? Because it takes Him to get it done. The Bible says when it was noise in Mark chapter number 2, I believe, when it was noise abroad that He was in the house, there were so many gathered together they couldn't even get Him in the door. When Jesus is there, they will come. When that anointed presence is felt and realized, people will come. They will come. You know why? Because they done heard about Him. They done heard about the miracles he performed. They done heard about what he could do. They done heard about the help that they could get if they got to him. He had already been in that area before. He, they'd already seen what he could do. Listen, no, you don't have to. You don't, if somebody's hurting, you don't have to beg them to go to the hospital. You don't have to beg them. I was talking with a friend of mine, Brother Kenneth Norman. Brother Kenneth Norman down at Bethel now. They thought he may have had a heart attack. Uh, he was at the hospital uh, and everything. I think it was just stress. They just described what it was, and it was the same thing happened. I think that's what it was. But either way, they, they, they had him at the hospital, and, and, and his wife was telling me on the phone, man, he was hurting so bad. It's just not like Kenneth. It's just not like Kenneth. I tell, he asked me to take him to the You know why? Because when you're hurting bad enough, nobody got to talk to you about going to the hospital. I went, I went, I had, I told you before, I had that kidney stone. I, I got home late at night and I walked in, I laid down on my bed about three seconds and got up. And Tammy said, well, wait, I'll get the kids and I, I said, I'm going now. I'm not waiting on, I was bowed up. Had to, you do not worry about it when you're hurting. You're going to go find some help. And when people know out there that there is help in here, when they know there's a power, when they know there's something that can help them, there's something that'll be here. Richard, why are you saying all that? Because we need to make sure it's here. Oh, but that's God. Oh, but that's us. What brought the presence into their assembly? They were obedient to what God has said. And when we become obedient and do what God says to do and come and worship Him, in spirit and in truth, and come glorify Him, He's going to show up. And there has never been a place where He showed up that He didn't show out. Amen. Boy, that's what we need. I don't, want, I don't want church in the norm. I, I, don't want, I don't want the status quo. I've never been that way. My dad is sitting right there. He'll tell you. If I played baseball, I wanted to pitch. If I, if I played football, I wanted to be the quarterback. I don't want to be just in the game. I want the ball. I mean, I want to be involved. I mean, I want the, I want the best that God has to offer. Why should we settle for anything less when it comes to worship? Why do you think we're doing all that for Brother Doyle? Brother Doyle spent three or four days this week of his own time up there working in that conference, working that training time. Why? We want the best we can do. And I want to be able to come, and I know it is. I know, I know it's different than a lot of places, Brother Bo, but 
I want it even more. I'm talking about people have said, well, when you walk through the doors, you can feel the Holy Man, I want it when they turn off a of 65, they can feel it. So, oh, but it can be that way. If we want it. Now the question is, do we want it? I mean, do we want it where they, they fall under conviction and, and start getting saved during the singing? I mean, preaching ain't even started. They just fall under, listen, coming down to the altar getting saved. I tell you, I, I, what kind of God do you serve? I got a question for you. Is there anything too hard for God? You know what? It's like, it's like, it's like going, it's like going out to eat with a rich dude. And ordering water. I didn't even see y'all was here. How y'all doing? That's friends from Florida. Dad, you see them back here? You knew, you knew, and you didn't even tell me. Well, bless your heart. Amen. Good to see y'all. Amen. Hey, don't, don't tell on me. Don't tell no stories on me. Amen. Oh. Oh. Let's get back to preaching. Amen. It's like going to the restaurant when a man said, I'm taking y'all out to eat. And the man's loaded. I'm talking about he is Donald Trump loaded. It, it ain't no no nothing. I'm talking about you can get, you can get, one of them things you get before dinner? Appetizers. I mean, you can even order appetizers. Say amen. And you go in there and you, you order water and you look for the cheapest thing on the menu and that's what you order. Now, I know, not him. <laughs> Kendra, that's my dad, all right? That's my dad, all right. And God is sitting up here dying to give it to you. Dying to move in on the service because he wants to bless you more than you want to be blessed. And we sit there and settle for... I'm tired of that. Are y'all? Man, I want to come and just feel him right off the start. The psalmist said, this one thing have I desired, and that will I seek after. I may dwell in the house of the Lord, that I may, that I may, listen, behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in His temple. That word inquire means to learn more about Him. Let me ask you a question. Why are you here this morning? Did you come to check him out. I was with my kids the other day. And when they see something, when they see something that's cool to them, they say, hey, Dad, check this out. You know what they're saying? Man, come over here and look at this. You know what the word behold? He said, I want to behold the beauty of the Lord. David said, man, check this out. But there's too many people in here checking them out. Worrying about their neighbor. Worrying about everything. And God's saying, hey, check this out. Look what I can do. God can take the coldest heart 
and melt it like a blowtorch. Brother Bruce, I'm going to use you for an illustration. I can't help it. I'm, you're here and you're so far away I can do this because I can get away from you before you get to me. The day you got saved, that was so cool in my mind. I can I can remember it today. I mean I can I can see you I can see you coming. I can see me taking that microphone and throwing it at either Brother Barry or, or or Brother Jonathan. One of them was standing up there, and I grabbed my Bible and I threw it, and I seen you come. And to me, to me, that was that was God saying, Check this out. Watch what I can do. We've lost that. One of the great things about Temple that has been and will be and, and, and we need to really focus on and get back to is that, that air of anticipation. How many times, and, and y'all don't, you don't have to raise your hands, but y'all that have visited and when you were checking other churches out and you came here and you was planning on visiting other places and then you couldn't because you was afraid you was going to miss something. You wanted to come? Check this out. And then you had to go tell somebody. Man, you got to come. Check this out. When that disciple found the Lord, he ran to his own brother and said, Son, you got to come check this out. Are you all with me? Where has that gone? That's what we need. That excitement, that air, that anticipation. Listen, you say, well, why, why did it go? Because we quit looking for it. When you come expecting, when you come looking, when you come on Sunday, when you come on Sunday, you need to be coming expecting God to do something, expecting God to save somebody, expecting God to, why? You're coming to check it out. David said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents. I mean, just let me. It's so good to me. I'm telling you, I like it so good being around that presence and being in that glory cloud. I mean, I like it so good. I'll just be a doorkeeper. I'll open the doors for people. And this is coming from from the king of Israel. Do we have that attitude? Man, just let me be a doorkeeper. Just let me come. If you just let me so I can get in his presence, I, I, I'll pick up paper. I'll clean the toilets. Man, just let me come and let me be a part of that. You know what we do? We get an attitude. Because God changes something and we don't get what we want and then we start pouting and we wonder where the presence went. If we come into this place with a bad attitude, bless God, you would have been better off to stay home. Oh, you're trying to run me. I'm not trying to run nobody off. I'm just telling you, you just wasted your time. Because if you came in here with a bad attitude, you grieved the Holy Ghost. And David said, I don't care what you do, let me be a doorkeeper. But just let me get in on it. Well, we need to check our attitudes at the door. And come and not focus on nothing but Him. And then we'll see that attracting power. Because when he shows up, you'll know it. Church, say amen. I can't go to the rest. We'll do that next Sunday. God wanted three on worship. Hallelujah. We need him, church. We need him.
How many of y'all, how many of y'all, after you do your notes and everything, look back up here? How many of y'all know somebody that's lost that you'd love to see saved? Come on, raise your hand real high. Don't be ashamed. You know what will help that happen? Him show up. You know when 3,000 got saved is after he showed up. You know what will start making a difference in this place? And I know, I know, and I don't, I don't know why God's wanting me to focus on this right after the last two Sundays because, boy, he was here the last two Sundays. But I think, I think this morning, I think right now God is warning us, warn, excuse me, warning us of our attitude. Because if we grieve him, he ain't showing up. It says, grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. Now, we need him to show up. No matter what happens, we need him to show up. I argue with my spouse. Well, get over it. Say, we're going to, this is time out. And argue tomorrow. Say amen. But whatever you do, when you pull in that parking lot, you say, God, give me a good attitude. You know what this will make you do? <laughs> this will force you to forgive somebody. Wouldn't that be awful? See, y'all get it easy. Y'all get it easy. Because y'all, y'all, y'all can go on days and be mad at one another. I get three days, and that's all. Because if I get mad on Monday, i got to get right by Wednesday to preach. Say amen. I don't care what I say, some of them are going to be a grouch. Amen. Look, get, just let's come in here right. Let's come in here right. If we do this, if we expect the devil to do something, we won't be surprised when he does. And if we're not, it's always them surprises that just tears us out the frame, isn't it? Now, when we're not surprised, hey, we're just, it's the devil. I'm sorry, honey. I'm so, it's, it's just the devil. Let's go and enjoy the, the presence of God and let God handle it. If you're mad at somebody, make it right with them. You're not supposed to let it go on no how. The Bible says, let not the sun go down on your... So if you've got an issue, deal with it. But whatever you do, on Sunday morning at 10.30, be right when you walk through them doors. Not only be right with God, be right with your brothers. And then come with an attitude of anticipation. Saying, God, Brother Kenneth, you can say it like this. God, I brought my bucket. Now fill it up. Amen. I'm going to tell one little story, and we're going to pray. Little Johnny... was in the grocery store. Little Johnny was, he was staring, he was staring at the jawbreakers. Those, those, those jawbreakers. How many of y'all remember them old-fashioned jawbreakers? They, 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 they were sitting there, and, and, and it was the kind that you, you, you would put in bags or, or, or whatever, and little Johnny was staring at him, and his mama was standing there. And, well, the grocery store man come by and said, go ahead, son, you can have some. He just kept staring. He said, hey, 
Go ahead. You, it's okay. You can have some. He just kept staring. Mama said, go ahead. Johnny said you could have some. He just kept staring. Grocery said, well, my goodness. Pull your shirt out. And he pulled his shirt out like that. Pulled his shirt. And that grocery man stuck his hands in there and put them in his shirt. And they walked out the store and little Johnny was smiling. And the mama said, son, why didn't you get them things like he told you to? He said, mom, his hands was bigger than mine. Look, God's hands are bigger than ours. If we try to force this worship thing, if we try to make it happen, we're not going to get anything. But when God dumps his hands out, church, say amen. Dear Heavenly Father,